Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Mitch Sherman at TheAthletic.com joins us. He covers Nebraska. Dylan Raiola in Lincoln. There also was the story about Kyle McCord, which seems to have evaporated. And Nebraska has a quarterback commitment, is also now looking around himself. Mitch, thanks for your time. Is there is there a positive that this is they're not being played that the Huskers and Matt Rule are not being played by Dylan Raiola? Never a dull moment, Smokey. Um, I yeah, I mean I don't think that they're being played by by Dylan and, and Dominic Raiola um, when you consider that Dominic father is a, a, a former All American at this school who has has stayed very much connected with the program in the, in the two decades plus since he has graduated and, and enjoyed his, his NFL career and, and his brother, Donovan, who's, who's Dylan's uncle is the offensive line coach. So no, I, that's certainly not what's going on here. I mean, there's genuine interest and, and intrigue on the part of the Riola family, which, which has felt a pull to Nebraska. Uh, well, for, for as long as, as Dominic uh, has, has been connected with the program, but when it comes to Dylan for the last two and a half years, he's been on the recruiting radar of Nebraska through coaching changes and interim and interim staff. And, and now Matt rule going into year two, they've very much been invested. This new staff has in, in Raiola from, from the beginning when he committed decommitted from Ohio state last December, a year ago right now. And then uh, was on, on the uh, on the radar for Nebraska, then he was off the radar when he committed to Georgia in May, and now here in the eleventh hour, he's back. Mitch, how does their pursuit of Dylan Riola affect their pursuit of a transfer quarterback? Yeah, I think it just pretty much uh, ends the pursuit of a transfer quarterback. At least, at least in this in this part of the off season, uh, we'll see where they're at with QB depth. Um, okay, first of all, let's you know we're we're jumping past the. The, what what needs to happen for them to feel okay next week, and that's that's that that Dylan Raiola, who's visiting Lincoln right now, flew in this morning from Georgia, that he does in fact go ahead and flip his commitment to Nebraska, signs with Nebraska next week, and then enrolls in class and is, is a part of this program in January. If you get to the spring, they've got two returning quarterbacks on scholarship who started games this past season there were three who started games one Jeff Sims is is gone to the portal already so they'll assess where they're at and perhaps you can get back to a spot in April or May where Nebraska's looking in the portal for for somebody to add depth or to come in and be a mentor type if you're going to start a true freshman which seems to be the direction that it's trending but there's a lot to be determined between here on December 15th and what would happen um, next week, next month, when school reconvenes in in March and April and spring practice, the portal after that, and then you know you get into camp in in, in August. That's a that's a lot of um, 
that's a lot of moments that are still difficult to predict. Mitch, uh, Nebraska finds itself there in kind of the, the top, the 20s, the top 25 of the, the recruiting rankings as it stands right now. Obviously, would get a, a big bump uh, from a guy like Riola, but what's the feel around Matt Rule's recruiting and how does it stack up compared to recent years? Uh, is there optimism? Is it growing? How, how do you see that right now? Yeah, it's been a really interesting a really interesting ebb and flow with this class because, we, we, you know, he came in and it was a fire drill to put together that 2023 class. And they, they had 12 transfers that were a part of that group of newcomers and signed 20 some odd players. So a big group of, of, of new players last season. And, and then, you know, signing day happened and immediately it was, okay, turn the attention to 24 because this is where they can really sink their energy into and, and, and take time to get to develop relationships with the players in this class. And they shot high from the very beginning. It was all about Dylan Raiola. And he was on the market. He was decommitted from Ohio State. And the thought when he decommitted from Ohio State, which happened shortly after Matt Rule took over at Nebraska, was that the door was open for Nebraska. And and Nebraska looked like the favorite at the beginning there, um, like this time 12 months ago, 9, 10, 11 months ago. Uh, And and there was a ton of excitement and energy, not just around Raiola, but around the guys that that he – enticed to come and visit Nebraska in, in March last year. They had a weekend in March where Raiola was like the centerpiece of the recruiting weekend, but there were four- and five-star players from all over the country, like Ryan Wingo, the receiver from St. Louis, who's committed to uh, to, to Missouri, like Brandon Baker and, and his teammate Nate Frazier, offensive lineman and running back from Santa Ana Mater Day, who are highly ranked players, and, and others too. And, and really, when Raiola – um, pledged to Georgia in May, Nebraska had to, to to reinvent the way that it was it was handling this recruiting class, and they went and got a local quarterback who you mentioned a few minutes ago, um, Smokey D- Daniel Kalen out of Bellevue, Nebraska, which is Omaha, and um, and built the class around him with Midwestern kids, and there's a couple of top 100 players in it. It's a good group. It compares somewhat similarly to to the kind of classes that they've signed when they've, when they've been healthy and, you know, not on the verge of firing a coach, but uh, yeah, uh, adding Riola and maybe a couple pieces that he could bring with them w- would, would bump them up uh, undoubtedly. How in the world did they end up with such an atrocious turnover plague quarterback room? Well, uh, first they lost Casey Thompson and, you know, that's where things yep. started to go wrong in, in, in retrospect. Uh, it didn't necessarily seem like it at the time. Nebraska made a choice, again, at this time a year ago, to take Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech out of the transfer portal. And Sims had been up and down in his three seasons in the ACC and had some turnover issues early in his career, but seemed to have put those in the past last year and just needed a fresh start. And he's six foot four, 225 pounds, was an athlete who could get outside the pocket, do a lot of things in the offense that looked attractive to Matt rule and, and his OC Marcus Satterfield. And, and, you know, they, they, they didn't hand him the job, but they gave him every opportunity to win the job. And, and Casey Thompson, the Texas, uh, the former Texas starter was coming off of a, of a, a decent season, you know, where he played okay. Nebraska didn't have a winning record in 2022, the season where Scott Frost was fired, but Casey, was okay when he was healthy and, and he wasn't healthy at the end of the year. So he didn't have an opportunity in the spring to compete with Jeff Sims and, and, and Thompson went to the portal um, after the spring when he just knew that it was going to be a, a, a difficult battle for him to be able to start in his sixth season of college football. 
So he goes to, to Florida Atlantic and, and Sims basically had the job and, and they liked what they, they thought they liked what they had with him, but they didn't like what they saw on the field in the first two weeks of the season and losses on the road at Minnesota and Colorado. And, and they turned the ball over eight times and Sims was responsible for most of that. And he got hurt and, and they had two inexperienced quarterbacks behind him. And the next thing you know, they've turned it over 31 times and, and which leads the nation and, and their turnover margin was, was just about last in the nation. So that's uh that's how it happened. What's other than, you know, locking down Riola, what is the next priority for them or the most important thing that they get done here in the next week? Well, their class is pretty much set. You know, there's a few visitors who are coming in and it's very likely that if Riola um, commits or, you know, he may just announce on signing day, but, but people around the program are going to know. And I think other recruits are going to know, um, his decision, wh- whether it comes out publicly on Sunday or Monday, or he just waits until Wednesday to go ahead and, and sign and let everybody know then. Um, it's very likely that they can add a couple of more pieces, but it's a numbers crunch right now, like it is with most teams nationally that have players who still still have these COVID years on their resumes, and it's hard to get to. Um, you know, it's 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 not a situation where you're you're trying to find bodies to get up to 85. It's like you're at a hundred um, and then you, you got to find a way to get down to 85 by, by August. And that's the place that Nebraska's in, not, not at a hundred right now, but not far from it. And you can't add too many recruits to that at this stage. So if this process with, with Rayola had happened where he, where he went through uh, having a change of heart and, and decided to flip. And it was like in August or September, Nebraska probably could have gotten more out of it. And as far as the other players that it was bringing in alongside him, uh, it, it'll be somewhat limited. So the class is what it is for the most part right now, with the exception, obviously, of him and maybe one or two pieces. Mitch, how did just the program kind of handle, Matt Rule handle, and the, the fans handle that final stretch? I mean, it seemed like a bowl game was absolutely within their grasp, which would have been a, a great accomplishment there in year number one. And then just that four-game slide to end the year with some brutally close losses. I mean, I guess on the one hand, you're you're in every game, right? But on the other hand, like, how did that kind of go over uh, that last month of the season? Yeah, the fans and the players have been through that before, and they, they went <laughs> through it during the, during the frost years where, you, you know, you had close games and the rally cry was, hey, we're close. And, and, and so that doesn't really resonate that much. You know, they're not really into losing, losing close games. That's not the desired outcome. And there's not a whole lot of happiness that comes out of, of that, especially when it was the situation that you mentioned in November where Nebraska gets to five and three going into the month and it's just going to take one more win. And, you know, Matt Rule saying, Hey, I don't just want to get bowl eligible. I want to win all the games. And they're like, okay, well, Hey, let's go nine and three or eight and four. And, um, and you end up five and seven with, with November featuring uh, November in the last part of October featuring uh, actually they, they, they stayed on, they were unbeaten in October. So it was all in November, three, three losses by a field goal. And then another one in overtime at Wisconsin. And, and you know, they all, they all went down to the wire. The Iowa game at the end where you still had, you still had hopes of getting the, to bowl eligibility. You know, you throw an interception with 30 seconds left in the game. It's tied. And then Iowa gets really its only offensive movement of the entire second half and kicks a, a walk-off field goal with its backup kicker as time expires. Just like the most, the most excruciating ways to lose. And that's been the story for Nebraska for a while. And that's the way it went with rule in year one. But, you know, people, are, are still excited about him and, and like him and, and certainly like the way that he communicates and what he brings to the program and, and the, you know, the, the demeanor that he has. Um, he's, he's very, very, very likable as, as you guys know. And, and 
that's earned him a lot of, um, I would say a lot of patience, but it can't last forever. And, you know, if we're sitting here having this discussion a year ago, a, a year from now, for whatever reason, it's, it's because the true freshman has a bad year, he gets injured or, or whatever, whatever goes wrong. There's, there's, if, if, if it's like this again, um, <laughs> there won't be that kind of patience. So he has, he has some, some urgency, you know, there's urgency every, every year. There's urgency in year one, but it, it goes up in year two and it, and it will no matter what happens here over the next week for Matt rule in 2024. And we, we did ask him this the last time we, we had him on our show about, uh, you know, maybe because the conference is changing, morphing uh, at least a little bit of what you do schematically. Do you expect to see any of that? Because again, uh, um, the big 10 West is over. So you can't, um, Iowa's mm-hmm. not going to be able to win the same way that they have. You know, the, you know mm-hmm. Minnesota's going to have to change. Like, all these schools, Wisconsin's the first one who made the, you know, kind of the big flip. But um, you still have to deal with your the stadium you play in and the weather you'll play in, especially in the wintertime. But do you expect to see some morphing to, to maybe what they do and the kind of players that they try to bring in in Nebraska? Yeah. I, I mean, they ran the offense that they did last season out, out of necessity because – of injuries, not just to the quarterback spot and experience at the quarterback spot, but injuries at wide receiver and defections at wide receiver. Nebraska lost one of its best receivers who just walked away from football during training camp in August. And then they, and then the injury started in the opener. And, and suddenly they've got true freshmen out there who were asked to be, to be starting games when they expected these guys to redshirt or, or maybe work their way into backup roles where they played in more than four games, certainly not starting. And, and those guys progressed and that's going to help Nebraska down the road that they got that experience, but it didn't help them uh, in 2024. So they had to resort to this, this kind of makeshift offense and change on the fly. And they're running the option and, you know, doing things that, that Satterfield, the offensive coordinator was not comfortable with. Nebraska ended the season um, throwing on average more passes than only Air Force, Army, and Navy in the entire FBS. So that's not where they want to be, and that's not where they're going to be if Dylan Raiola is the quarterback. They're not bringing him in to, to run the option. The option will be will be out. That's it. He's not. That's not not the quarterback that he is. You will not see that play in the playbook. They'll run more of a pro style system. They're not going to go air raid. Um, I, I I can't see that. Um, it's not like Phil Longo at, at, at Wisconsin where you just do it's – a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete flip with what your philosophy is. But they're going to throw the ball, um, and that's going to be the future no matter who, no matter who the quarterback is. Um, certainly if it's Raiola next year, then, then you'll see him put it in the air um, you know, considerably more than, than what we saw in 2023. All right, Mitch, let's wind it on down with the, the real big story in Lincoln. Uh, what's the buzz for the Volleyball National Championship game in Nebraska and uh, the Texas Longhorns? Yeah, that's really all the buzz. I mean, if this wasn't the week before signing day and you had the the top quarterback in the country or the number two quarterback in the country on an official visit, um, everyone would be talking only about that. And and really everyone is, is talking about volleyball. You saw on TV last night, the, um, the arena full of red and in Tampa as Nebraska took out Pitt in the semifinal and wasn't really challenged. So now they get Texas and, um, you know, they've been down this road before they're, they're historic rivals and, have met two other times in the national championship match with Nebraska winning both, but Texas has, has had its moments for sure where it's got the best in Nebraska, just not in the, on, on the absolute biggest stage. So um, it's great theater, um, great drama. I mean, either way for Nebraska after it won last night, you're either going to play Wisconsin, which has been its nemesis in the big 10. 
support Texas, which is its arch enemy, like across the board, you know, from the big yeah. 12 days and volleyball is at the top of that list. So, uh, I, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people watching, I would imagine on Sunday and in, in, in your state and in the state that I'm in and, and probably around the country, just because of the, uh, the entertainment value and the storylines. And this is a team, um, this Nebraska team is one that has for sure captured the imagination and the hearts of, of, of all Nebraska fans, you know, from the beginning of the year when they played in front of 92,000 people at the football stadium all the way up until uh, this weekend in Tampa. Mitch, thank you. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.